Welcome to the Pastors Podcast. This is Pastor Scott, and with me today are Pastor Brian. Hello. Uh, here just observing as Pastor Matt. I'll say some things. Some things? Yeah. Shocker. Some some funny things. I'll say some funny things. They're coming later. <laughs> Did you call me observer? <laughs> yeah. yeah, observer Matt. Observer Matt. Yeah. yeah. That's all and, right. Uh, <laughs> and Meredith Stores. Meredith Stores is with us. Uh, I'll say the first thing. Just so everyone knows, when I was in college, Meredith was my boss. It, this is actually true. This is actually true. And she was a mean boss. She was harsh and critical. <laughs> it was unbelievable. I like being in charge. So. <laughs> I'm kidding. She was a great boss. Will you turn Meredith up? Keep, keep, keep talking. Yeah, Meredith. yeah, yeah. Okay, here I am. It's great to be here. It's nice to see you all in three dimension. You have real human faces. And we that's do. Nice. It's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of nice. All right. Um, it's good to see you too. Thank you. <laughs> We're talking about the fact that this all like, you know, safer at home, all sorts of crazy restrictions, everything's still going on and it's summer and it is, I mean, like halfway through the summer, but you know, baseball, uh, b- baseball's got a term they call it called the dog days of summer, right? Like it's kind of the middle of the season when it's just like a slog, Right. You're just you're playing 162 games and you're just trying to get through numbers like 80 to 100. And, you know, that doesn't feel like the ends anywhere near. And we're just trying to get through. And I think in a lot of ways, a lot of people that's that's what a lot of people feel like right now. Right. It's just got like the dog days of summer trying to get through. And we just wanted to talk a little bit about how we can navigate this part of this season, even, even in some ways, as we shift from something that I think we were hoping maybe was shorter term to recognizing the long-term um, reality of the situation we're in and how we do that personally. So um, what is what does it look like to move? Well, I'll admit that Are you verbal out. processing? I am. I am. Let's just jump in. Dang it. Let's just <laughs> jump in to Scott thinking through some things here. All right, so what what is maybe let's start with maybe we should ask Meredith what she wants to talk about. <laughs> That's a good question. Have you ever thought about that? Okay, I want to hear what like what is the difference between that first several months for you guys, and then we're here in the summer, we're thinking about the fall. Like, how does the fall feel different to the spring that was chaos and? I don't know, may still be chaos. What do you See, think, now observer? She's, now she's hosting. Yeah, yeah. She's hosting. <laughs> yeah. this is uh, this awesome. is awesome. What do you think, Brian? <laughs> I'm observing. I'm going to say nothing else from here on out. So it depends on, I think it depends on who you are, how you're going to answer that, right? Because there's different yeah. situations. I think for a lot of, for me personally, you know, as a parent of a lot of small kids, um, school becomes a pretty big factor, like looking towards the fall, because, like that that's a, that's a, a, has a majority share. It's like my experience with, as a parent with my kids during the season is, has the bulk of um, kind of the time spent, the energy spent, uh, and the thoughts spent on it. So I think for a lot of people, that's a, a piece of it. I also just think for a lot of people, for a lot of reasons, there's no end date, and that's kind of traumatizing. Mm. Like, it's just really – I've talked to people. I know it's true for me. Like, we know this isn't going to last forever, but – it, w- it was one like a few months, a few weeks is one thing. Then it was a few months. Now it's like there's not an end in sight. 
And yeah. so if you're in a situation where you feel like it's really heavy and the constraints are just really difficult to bear whatever for whatever reason, um, it's really hard to, to know, okay, this is going to go on for the rest of the year. Like, or who maybe indefinitely, indefinitely. Yeah. Yeah. like, it's just like that, that to me is the, the real difference between the first part and this part is we've done this now for a while and we're, everyone's ready to be done, but it's not even close. And so, all right. So I, I'm actually going to, I'm, I'm going to jump to the last question <laughs> on my list because I, I yeah. think this is helpful like on a personal side and then we'll get to how we view others. Like how, how do we navigate that stress? Like how do we navigate the stress that comes from uh, looking forward to an unknown and very potentially not radically different fall. Yeah, this has been such a, I think probably my biggest challenge in thinking about what comes next because the initial shock is over. Mm -hmm. We know that there is an unknown. Mm -hmm. And so there was a season kind of at the beginning where I feel like in some ways I was on my best behavior. Mm -hmm. I was being my best (laughs) Christian self because I was like, oh my gosh, this is chaos. And so the the pressure of that gave me that kind of a, almost an adrenaline motivation. Yeah, that's a great way to think. And about now it. it's like um, like when you learn to drive and you're first like behind the wheel and you're clutching the steering wheel. Now I feel like I'm on my phone being like, whatever, it's, uh, but it, but I don't want to be, you know, I don't, I don't want to be treating this next season of my life mm-hmm. as if it's sort of whatever. Uh-huh. But this has really been unseating for me and i think perhaps a lot of people listening can resonate with this the idol that we have of choice Mm. and that i you know i keep hearing this refrain in my head this is not the life i chose like Mm. i wouldn't have set up my life this way and for for many of us we have navigated a life where we got to pick what i wanted to study or what i wanted to pursue for some type of job or whether I wanted to have a family and and this is really unseating that in as I continue to think about the fall and and the big question that I continue going back to in prayer is God this is the life you chose for me Mm. and if I know that you are a good God and I do know that and I can trust that then even when this feels hard I mean I'm one of those people that like one of the hardest things for me is feeling that I have zero sense of agency. Like Mm. for whatever reason, like that will make my skin crawl in a way that I don't know that everybody experiences, but I think Mm. some people do. And so being able to sit back and just trust in God's providence Mm -hmm. has been important. And I am thankful that I'm learning that and engaging with that area of growth in my spiritual life. But man, is it hard. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's so helpful to even both recognize that and then look back to God in the midst of it. I, I feel like that's a shift that's going on in my heart right now. I think up to this point, I feel like the things that, a lot of the things that this took away, I, I just thought of them as delayed. Like mm-hmm. it, you know, oh, it just pushed back. You know, like even even just things that Laura and I wanted to do together, you know, she, she had her 40th birthday in the midst of this, like, and we're like, oh, okay, like, We'll just do that a little later. What? Do you have her permission to say that? Dude, she she does not care. <laughs> Wait, what's this text? What's going on here? Just wondering. Um, yeah, just wondering <laughs> if you should. No, absolutely. She actually she 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 loves she loves birthdays. She loves celebrating birthdays. She loves getting older. She loves being forty. Um, so, but we 
like we we celebrate, and, and but I think in a lot of ways it was like, oh, okay, like these celebrations we planned, things with the kids that we planned, things even about like, um, even in, in in my own in like investment in people and relationships. I feel like okay, like this is just postponing this a little bit, mm-hmm. and I feel like in a lot of ways postponement is turning into canceling. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like like sit, opportunities that we thought we'd just have a little bit delayed might actually pass us by. Mm-hmm. And we don't have those opportunities again. And it is it is a shift that that we have to then take the time to think back to the the sovereignty of God in light of that reality, right. being honest about the, the as as we yeah as we move forward. So, in light of that, I think that this also brings a lot of unique challenges with the people around us, right? Like with our relationships. And as we, I mean, I think one of the things the refrains we keep talking about and is that as we engage with God and his word he then calls us to love one another right to care for one another to consider others more significant than ourselves and i think it, this maybe the new version of this season even as we look at the summer into the fall begs new questions about how we can consider others those around us more significant than ourselves and so maybe let's just start with those like in your home if, if you happen to be living with somebody if you're either living with family if you if you have a roommate there's like people that you're closest to spending you know your days with how what are some things we should keep in consideration as we seek to love and care for those that are that are able to be around us every day in the midst of all of this i mean i think one of the chief things is that they're they're your neighbor too which I think is one of the harder. I think you've said that, Scott, before, where you yeah. like love your neighbor as yourself is is typically, for some reason, it comes to mind when you're thinking about people who you don't live with. But the people you do live with, whether it's people who are younger than you, like young kids, or older than you, like parents or roommates, or what, like something about the proximity, they just sort of fall outside the realm of loving your neighbor as yourself. They're just kind of there, mm. and so so one of the chief things is just recognizing that they really are they are as much uh, uh, a part of the calling to love your neighbor as yourself as anyone else. Yeah. And that, so just that mental shift when you're, cause the proximity is only increasing, right? If you're living with someone, it's only, you're only closer in a sense than you were before. So at some point there's a temptation to not be thinking of anyone mm. as a neighbor that you need to love as yourself because you're not seeing your neighbors right now, but the reality is you are They're in, they're living with you if you're living yeah. with somebody. So that to me is one of the first things to, to think through. Yeah. And that's, that is, such a moving target I'm finding in our home where, you know, you get to know the people that you live with and you feel like you have a sense of how to love them well. And because we're in a season where things keep shifting and changing, I think it's worth going back and and asking the question, how's the balance here? Are you feeling cared for? You know, and and maybe those conversations feel a little cumbersome or awkward, but, but engaging in them more regularly so that you can make sure you're really caring for each other. Well, that, that's so that's so helpful and so, I think so insightful. I even think about the fact that not only has the situation changed, but people are changing. I think people, I think we are all changing oh, at definitely. a di- we're, 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 and we're changing at a different clip than normal. Yeah. Right. Because uh, under normal circumstances, change happens at a certain pace. But when we're out of our routines and the situation is changing, it, it causes us to change. I mean, one of the things that actually has surprised me the most about the last four months is how much some of my kids have changed. Mm-hmm. Like, they, I mean, with like, with a, I mean, different personality dynamics, different interests than they had 
four months ago. And, and not all of them equally, but um, if I'm still trying to love them and care for them the same way I did four months ago, the same way I did two months ago, chances are there's a lot of insight, a lot of dynamics at work that, um, that I'm not taking into consideration. And so I think even more so than the normal, this, this is exactly that. It, it, it's, we need to take the time to ask ourselves, okay, how am I, how is God calling me to, con, to uh, consider others more significant than myself, especially those in my home? And especially when they're really young and they mm. don't have that self-awareness to articulate what they're going through, like being able to try to take yourself out of those stressful moments where they're disobeying or being ridiculous and mm. and to recognize that they're also experiencing stress. You know, we were just talking mm. about how we're navigating that long haul of stress and they are too and they're still trying to figure out like, you know, how do I express my sadness? How do I express yeah. the fact that I'm tired of my brother mm. um, and trying to really like see into their hearts and as much as we can as the behavior on the outside just looks like disobedience and can mm. be really frustrating to really take a moment and and ask like okay is there is there something going on in their heart that i have an opportunity to to ask about to care for mm. same with roommates too i mean i think with in some ways it's harder with kids in some ways it's easier yeah because you as a parent to some degree you kind of look down at your kids and you know they can't articulate things Yes. You, you're just kind of they're just constantly in your space um and so you kind of you're, you're always observing the question is how intentional are you being are you really trying to kind of shepherd them towards something um with roommates it can be difficult because they're not always the cards aren't always on their sleeve mm. you know and so like you can just assume that they're just i don't know being weird or difficult or whatever and not trace it back to what's going on around us and how their response or reaction might have changed um and just that, that sense of we should all, Matt said this, you know, a couple months ago, like we just all need to be treating each other with a lot of grace right now. Mm -hmm. um, and trying to keep that in mind, whoever you're living with and what that might look like, uh, depending on the differences in, in situation. Yeah, that was a great idea, Matt. Thank you, Scott. You're welcome. <laughs> it probably came from you. <laughs> the, okay, so let's... let's <laughs> no one understands that reference. Like, no one gets totally that. inside joke. The inside joke is that <laughs> Are we Scott. Explain it? Right. Yeah, well, I mean, right. Scott doesn't always give positive affirmations. For the first fifteen, I've better for the first fifteen years that I've known him, the best compliment I've ever gotten from him is that's not a horrible idea. So, <laughs> one time he sent me an email that said that's a, Matt had a great idea, and I actually paid to get it put on a mug and that's my, the mug i use at the church i don't have it with me at the moment but it's the coffee mug i use at the church so, so he's just dropping inside jokes from you know the last 15 face years out or in like do you see the great idea or i see the else? great idea okay. <laughs> i see it i put it specifically where if i hold it with my right hand i see it so it's an encouragement mug it's an encouragement mug it's an encouragement mug. we all need one of those <laughs> yeah. we all need one of those um all right so let, let's take let's take a step outside of Let's take a step outside of the house, right? And <clears throat> thinking about your community group, your Christian friends. I think this is also, I think, another area where I think we all kind of went, okay, a couple of months, we're not going to be able to see each other as much. Like, we'll just do it. We'll just kind of hunker down and get through this, and then, you know, we'll all come back together. But as this shifts into, you know, a foreseeable new normal, I think it also causes us to have to think through how can we love and care for our 
brothers and sisters in Christ? How can we love those in our community group intentionally and proactively um, and not just stay kind of hunkered into our own world and waiting it out, which I think I think sometimes I feel tempted to do. Um, so I, what does that look like? What, what are some considerations we, or what are some things we should take into consideration as we think about how to love our, our brothers and sisters in Christ, those in our community groups? I feel like this has been said in various ways throughout this season, but in times of trouble, uh, struggle, trauma, when you ask someone, how can I bear your burdens? A lot of times they just don't know how to answer. Mm. And I think one of the things I really want to be more intentional about is when I connect with people, however, hopefully that is happening, that I'm asking more thoughtful questions. I mean, this is really like, I would love if this were more the norm anyway, to just be asking, how's your time in the word? Mm. How are you doing? Okay, but how are you really doing? And as you hear and listen to their responses, things will come up that give you ideas for how you might be able to bear their burdens. And if I sit alone in my room and try to think like, okay, you know, I read this passage and I'm going to try to think of somebody's burden I can bear. Like I come up blank. Mm. But often when I have a conversation with someone, something that they share will give me an idea. And I think for me, like, you know, you always want people to like just know how to love you and do it. Yeah. But that can't happen if we aren't really trying to know each other in this time. And so having those thoughtful, intentional conversations, I think, can be really helpful for that. And so it starts with even just taking the step to pursue people enough to have those conversations, yes. right? To even, yeah, even connect in the first place. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so easy to give up right now. Definitely. I think it's just so easy. Um, you feel like you have a lot going on. You uh, you know, Zoom is kind of awful. Um, in one sense- It's straight it's, up awful. Yeah, I mean, in one sense it's great, but I think the frequent use and like rea- realizing it's it's limitations now makes it feel awful, even though it was, it's been so helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to just kind of go, you know, we can't have the relationship we want to have or need to have. It's just not going to work in this time. And so why put in the effort if it's going to fall so far short of what we know it should be, what we want it to be? And you just have to fight that tooth and nail. Mm. Because if you do that with something like this that, that feels to some degree indefinite, we yeah, we've moved past like, oh, we'll pick up later. And now there's like things that have actually happened to the relationship in the meantime. You can't just pick up and you're also I mean that's kind of personal in, in one way like a like a as a uh, that's looking at what you're experiencing there's also just the reality that if you want to consider others more significant than yourselves which just means you want to be a Christian um, you have to do these sorts of things you have to get creative and find ways to make that work and depending on your capacity it might look different mm-hmm. you know if you're if you're absolutely drowning in I don't know work or kids or something you know like then it might look like one creative thing you do a month I don't know if you're not, it might look like more, but just that idea of, let me ask better questions. Can I, you know, maybe I'll just drop something off unsolicited at their doorstep. You know, maybe I'll, like just whatever, you know, uh, mm. send a dumb e-card. I don't know, like <laughs> just do something that, yeah. that makes you feel like you are connected to that person, even if it falls short of what you want it to be. Because um, if you don't do that, I, I, I do think that there's going to be some, like some, some, I guess, damage in a sense, or some, some mm. negligence, like, maintenance can only be deferred so much it's really hard to pick that back up afterwards like this is going to be over one day and the question is are we going to come out of it with relationships that are set up to be vibrant 
um, because we, we put in that effort and like it's going to take work, but, but it's, it's there. You can see it. Or are we going to feel like we're starting from scratch, like across the board in every area of our life? Mm. That sounds awful, yeah. especially relationally in a time when you're already isolated. So just kind of trying to reach out, tr whatever it looks like, taking that extra 5% of effort that you might not feel like you have and saying, but it's worth it. I, I think that's just a big, a big thing we all need to be doing. Yeah. Well, I don't know what your experience has been, but there's a different dynamic on a Zoom call, even with like, you know, maybe just the guys or just the girls in your community group. There's six different boxes or eight different boxes. And that dynamic can be stunted and awkward. But one-on-one -on, -one on FaceTime or, yeah. you know, like there's actually mm. a difference there. And so we may need to consider, am I trying to be efficient and get everybody at once? Or do I have capacity to make some real one-on-one -on -one connections with people so that I can have a more natural conversation uh, that... It, you know, it's just hard when you've got a lot of faces all yeah. trying not to interrupt each other's audio. And depending on your comfort level, also finding ways to do that safely outdoors or whatever yeah. with like one person. These are things that we've encouraged people towards depending on their situation and comfort level. That's that's worth pursuing right now, even though it takes extra effort. It's not as easy as just, well, I'll meet you over here. Yeah. Um, but I think it's worth it. Yeah. yeah. All right. So what about the people in our lives who don't know Christ? What about our neighbors, maybe family? I, mean, I think we've talked about previously about how this is also a really unique opportunity to manifest, demonstrate, and share the gospel, share the hope, that, that the true hope that we can have in the midst of when, when everything else is, is, is up in the air. And I think there's one way in which thinking about like the first two to four months of this as like, oh, what a cool opportunity. Like, let's grab the opportunity and not miss it and let's do it. <laughs> let's bake some sourdough. That's let's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever it was yeah, everyone was exactly. doing that was yeah, yeah. had free time. Um, <laughs> and, and now, but now, and now obviously I think in some ways, and especially as we look to the fall, in some ways that's harder. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not any less, actually, I think it's even more of an opportunity. I think Everyone, this isn't, we're not the only ones experiencing this. Everybody around us is experiencing this, the, the trauma of this shift to the unknown ending of this. Um, and they need something to cling to. They need hope more than ever before in the midst of this whole process. How does that provide an opportunity and, and how can we strive to uh, to love the the non-Christians around us well and, and even really just steward the hope that God's given us, the fact that we actually do have hope for the sake of, of those around us. I, I, go, I come back to what Mary said a moment ago. I think good questions go a long way. Um, mm. And I think in, in, right now, I've always been surprised. I've always been surprised, even before you know COVID and everything, at how often people kind of had this a little. Maybe it was me. Maybe it was them. Maybe it was both of us. This kind of vibe of like, I'm good. I'm okay. And it took like a single probing question, and they open up and talk to you for like an hour about something really deep and and troubling to them that they're not okay and they want to talk about it and they want to talk about it even though they know I'm a pastor. Mm. Um, maybe sometimes because mm. and for every one person that kind of gets turned off by that, there's like 20 that are like, really, like you, maybe you can help me. Mm. Um, but it takes that in, I need to take that initiative, initiative, that one step of asking a question that shows that I care about how they're really doing 
um, to make that a reality. And I think right now it's, it's a similar situation, whether it's, you know, Zoom in your neighborhood, getting creative with that. <laughs> I, you know, Matt, you've talked about how like just being out front in wherever you live, you know, like you're socially distanced, you can have your mask or whatever, but you're out there, you're seeing people and just being able to have those passing conversations that creativity and just having a few questions like, how, how are you really doing? Like, I know I'm having a rough time. Like, you guys all right? Just something as simple as that can mm. open a door to having a real conversation that you might have now that you wouldn't have had before. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm still having lots of meetings uh, working remotely. And so it's easy to jump into the meeting and be like, all right, let's get this over with. Let's talk about the thing we're here to actually discuss. But if it is a smaller, like one-on-one or just a couple of people, to be able to start with like, where's everybody at this morning? How are you feeling coming into this moment? And you know, maybe they wanna also jump into work mode too, but it could be an opening to have a more thoughtful conversation. Yeah. You know, I actually, I really appreciate that because I, I appreciate the way in which this moment provides opportunities to do that in work settings mm-hmm. that yeah. may have not existed before. It's a really good point. Right, where it it's nowhere near as weird as it used to be to take a minute with, colleagues and say hey how are you doing like let's talk about life like mm-hmm. let me convey that I care about you oh I know I've seen everyone's children now and yeah. there are plenty of people that I didn't even know if they had kids you know yeah. and you're getting to see into their lives and um, so in that vulnerability I think some people are willing to share mm. you know yeah absolutely and you know it's, it's interesting I think both of you kind of hit on the fact that one of the, the enemies of this is our continued preoccupation with efficiency yeah right this continued idolatry of efficiency and i think it's actually at least in my head i feel like this this idol of efficiency was able to be uh put off for a little bit like okay yeah we're not going to be as efficient as before for a while but we'll get back to normal so let's just do it again yeah yeah, and then we'll, we'll be able to do it again and the reality is that I think that this is putting to death in a l- number of ways some of the the efficiency that we lived by and lived on, and and, and actually that and and the the last like you know the the death howls of, of this are the the Zoom meetings when all you do is talk about business and then you're like business 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 you know off okay like let me try to get to something else and we're we can almost like try to just keep ourselves busy to make up for it. But I think God is, the world is fundamentally different than it was six months ago. And I think the Lord's calling us to live like that's true. Not try to pretend it's not, um, especially in a world that's, that does as much as it can to do that. And, and that means that it does open up all sorts of different opportunities for what, the ways he's called us to to love those around us insider yeah we have this opportunity to ask what is possible now like Mm. what now that life doesn't look the way that i thought it did or should or was Mm -hmm. you know what what new opportunities might god be showing us in the way that life is structured at least for the foreseeable future and are there ways that we can you know just straight up pray like god show me what you're doing here show me how you're providing in a way that I'm not seeing mm. or a door you're opening that I've been blind to. That's 
That's so good, and I, I love it because there's a part of me I've thought about that, and I've heard other people say like, "Oh, this is like a you know a, a new opportunity. Everything's thrown up in the air. Like there's new opportunities," which honestly is just super stressful for me. <laughs> oh, it's overwhelming because I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. "What do I do with that? Yeah, yeah, how exactly. do I organize like, it? Oh, into wait, 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 what's a the structure? Yeah, yeah. What, what, how do I take advantage of the right opportunity? You know, like how do I figure it out? How do I find it? And I think you're exactly right. What God's asking us to do isn't to continue to hold on to our idolatry of our control but is to step into that with eyes open deeply prayerfully. Yeah. Like just submitted to him saying, Lord, help me see, help me see, help me take a step. Like, I don't know the plan. I've had delusions of control previously, but you are the only one who's in control and step by step by step. I just, I want you to lead me in the next step. I want you to lead me to the next conversation. I want you yeah. to lead me to the next person here, which again, I think helps us to not get overwhelmed by all the different people we're supposed to love, all the different people, all the different opportunities we're supposed to. And everybody's idea on of. social media of how you should be living this life now. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just like too much. Please stop. Exactly. 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 So, all right. With that, I mean, so as we think about that, as we think about how we navigate that, um, maybe one last question. How, how do we navigate how do we continue to navigate our own, I want to say spiritual health, but re- really like how do we pursue that? And maybe just to reiterate some of the things we've said, but how do we pursue that in a way that doesn't feel like it is overwhelming and killing us and is just more pressure? I mean, really, how do we pursue that in light of the gospel? Maybe is the question. So um, I've had kind of a, recurring illustration in my head over the last couple of months that ties in with kind of earlier, you know, you guys are saying we, we've kind of moved from a place of, uh, of inconvenience to a place of loss. Mm-hmm. Like there was a delay for a while and now there's things that are being lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's such an interesting and difficult place to be where what you thought was one thing turns into something else much worse. Um, and I see it, in terms of my kids, uh, in like their own, like they they just don't see their friends. Like there's mm-hmm. just like there's ways that that's um, really hard for them in ways that they don't know how to process. Uh, I see it in terms of my wife and I, where not having school or breathing room, and we moved, and a bunch of other stuff happened. Um, like just it's it's been extraordinarily difficult. Like the survive thrive thing that Matt talks about sometimes. Um, our observer. Uh, is that <laughs> also a good idea that Matt has brought to the table? Oh, I tell him, I encourage him all the time. Okay. Um, even in ways I probably should. I don't even need a, I don't even need a cup for Brian, for Brian's <laughs> encouragement. No, this I, is really just a complication. I have like a banner that's like four miles long that I just keep adding what he, his compliment. <laughs> Brian is a good complimenter. He is a good He's a very good affirmer, he, actually. Way to go, Brian. It's <laughs> <laughs> very meta. Right back at you. Sorry. So, no, I, um, I found myself what you f- you feel like you're in a position where what what the world should be like Mary said earlier we're kind of out of control and unseated the life that we normally can choose for ourselves isn't available and for a lot of us the life we chose for ourselves wasn't like exorbitant it wasn't this like egregious luxurious thing at least it didn't feel that way mm-hmm. um, it felt like just kind of normal like human relationships and <laughs> like you know like just it felt very normal and so to lose that puts you in a position where you feel like you don't have you could say what you need but you, you just don't have this thing. That, that it isn't what you feel like it should be. Mm-hmm. And it's not like close. It's pretty far. 
And so in my head, I've had this this illustration where it feels like I need like a hundred dollars to be like in the black. And every day I come across maybe a couple of pennies. And there's this thing where you're like, why would I even pick this up? <laughs> it's so far from what I need that it just feels like, what's the point? It's going to take forever to do this. It's never going to, I'm never going to get what I actually need or, or normal is never going to happen. What these are supposed to be yeah. is never going to be like that. Another version would be like with sleep where you're like, you're, you slept like two hours one night. You're like, if I just take a nap now, I just don't, I'm not even going to take a nap because I don't even want to wake up. It's going to be too hard to wake up. Like, I'd rather just stay awake. And like, that's not a good, but that's not how it works. Pick the penny up, take the nap. Like, mm. and, and with your, especially with your spiritual and your mental like well-being in this time, you have to pick up the penny. Like you might stumble across a dollar one day and it's like, that's not a hundred. You're, you're far off, but you have to pick it up. And so when your time with God is out of sorts still because of all the disruption, when your ability to relate to other people is out of sorts because of the disruption, when your relationships and your relationship with yourself and your family and people you live with and whoever, when all these things are out of sorts, you have to pick up the penny. Even though you're tempted to go, what's the point? It's not what it should be. You have to do it. And, and I think that that's in one way what um, we talked uh, in terms of like getting in front of the hose a while ago, where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, God, you know, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, you know, put off and put on. Like, how do you, how do you obey a passive command? It's like, well, you put yourself in a position, you know, to, to, to have it happen to you or falling asleep. You know, like yeah. you can't make yourself sleep, but you can put yourself in a position to where sleep happens to you. And in the same way, picking up the pennies are putting yourself in a position where the beauty of relationships, where your relationship with God, where all, all these different things um, can actually genuinely happen to you, even if they're not the shape and the form you, you would have chosen. They're still real. Yeah. And God in the gospel still wants to minister to you through those ways, even though they might not be in the shape that you want them to be. There's a unique a uniqueness to it that's still real, still good, still valuable. So you got to pick up the penny. Like that's just what's mm. been in my head the whole time. You got every day, you got to pick up the pennies. You might stumble across a fiver one day. That's awesome. It's still not a hundred, yeah. but you got to pick it up and know it's not a hundred, but it's something mm-hmm. and it's something good and valuable and real. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think in terms of like the structures of the season, I've been thinking a lot about how to sort of build something new to not wait, to not mm. be like, well, we're just going to hunker down. But to say, okay, if this is how life is going to be structured, whatever that looks like for you, uh, to figure out some new systems. I think very early in the uh, stay-at-home order, Scott, you mentioned something about, you know, trying something for a week or trying something, yeah. you know, and, and, and that has been so important for me in this season and I think will continue to be important. And as somebody who has, has struggled with, anxiety and depression in different seasons and different ways kind of throughout my life you know there have been parts of this time where my mind has not been a fun place to be it's Mm. been really dark and a lot of the natural disruptors of that have been taken away Mm. and so Mm. you know in other seasons of life if I'm busy doing work I can't be spiraling out on some you know crazy weird thought pattern but some of that is gone. And so trying to sort of restructure, find new ways to, to manage my thought life, uh, you know, I think that's very real for a lot of people right now that some of the crutches that we've used in our walk to help us to, you know, things like um, establishing those patterns where, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but like if you really want to exercise and you sleep in your running clothes, 
<laughs> then it's just one less hurdle when you get out of bed. And I think some of us have established those kinds of patterns for our spiritual life where it's like, you know what, I'm going to set myself up for success mm-hmm. by doing this or that so that it's easier. And then now we're in a season where some of those things aren't possible. Mm-hmm. And to, to try to be creative, to talk to somebody about your struggle and brainstorm together ideas for how, you know, are there new ways that you can create space to manage your emotions better, to be in the word more consistently, even if it's only pennies, you know? Yeah. And I think that's the perfect way to end. Like, I think it's, it's both being proactive in the ways that we can, um, being newly proactive in each season, and then as the opportunities and as the blessings and as the, um, the moments with God come, taking them and taking in that sense like what we can get recognizing that the lord is working through all of it and guiding us and and moving us forward so well thanks so much thanks for taking the time to be with us mayor absolutely yeah Yeah, it's great to have you thank you man matt any parting parting words what have you observed send us off in a in wisdom i have observed that you all are very wise and i've learned a lot thank you (laughs) all right (laughs) we'll we'll see you on sunday